out to my parents, confess what I've done. And I'll ask them to forgive their prodigal son. And if they forgive me like all times before, well, perhaps I might play the wild rover once Hey everybody, welcome to Reporting is Eligible. I'm Paul Newman, the Back Packing Company, and the Shepherd Express. Um, and uh, we are recording this, importantly, on Monday before all cuts are in. Uh, and this is my fault because I have a required school event that I have to go to tomorrow night when I should be recording this instead. And uh, so, yeah, that's, that's my bad. Um, stuff will happen. It'll be crazy. Things we talk about won't be germane to the conversation anymore. Uh, but, you know, that's life. So um, since, uh, since he was here first, first of all, to help wrap up the Seahawks and talk about kicking in, uh, in Kansahoma. Are you in Kansahoma? Yes, I am in Kansahoma. Okay. And who are you? Uh, my name is Matt. You can call me Matub, Acne Packing Company, Meme Weaver, General Twitter, Rabble Rouser, and man who literally just broke his microphone yeah. by having it fall off of his bed. That did happen live on camera. Wish we had been taping. <laughs> I'm on. <laughs> But uh, yeah, yeah, it's been a, it's been an adventure so far. There have been a lot of technical technical difficulties. Hooray for that! Um, yay, good for that. And uh, I assume joining us at the moment now that it's clear that the Brewers will defeat the Cubs, maybe <laughs> in Urban Wauwatosa with a mic that's maybe not working. What is it not working? Oh, it's working. It's good. Yay. Oh, that's fantastic. I'm James, but you can call me Jatub. Jatub. Uh, I was going to do that after like 20 minutes and it didn't didn't work out at all, did it? So I didn't want to burn the joke. So I have to, I have to, well, I mean, I'm burning it literally. It's, it's, yeah, no, it's just, it's my fault because you spoke once without mouth sound. So it had you, had I, that's why I thought your mic was, and then it worked fine. So my bad. Step oh, side note. Uh, side note, mouth sounds is the name of an album of nothing but covers of the, uh, song Wonderwall, check it out. It's really good. For real? Okay. It's actually so sam- uh, songs made out of samples of the song Wonderwall. Okay. Wow. <laughs> that mouth is, sounds. <laughs> that is insane, but okay. Anyway, I'm uh, J.R. Radcliffe, training sports reporter for the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel. I'm the guy who absolutely jinxed Sterling Sharp's Hall of Fame candidacy <laughs> yeah, on this did. podcast <laughs> last week. Uh, and uh, and yeah, now I don't know. I'll have to. I'll have to see. I'll have to. You know, maybe it's a roster move that I can jinx here now that we're, we're doing this a day early and missing all the good stuff. But we did have one. We had one roster move that we can talk about. So it was a good one. It was a good one. It was a, it was a surprise. And you know, um, you, usually sometimes there's not that much to talk about because we all kind of predicted what was going to happen. But this is a big one. So Pat O'Donnell, no longer the punter for the Green Bay Packers, was released a day early, possibly to allow him to catch on elsewhere. Actually, kind of a lot of kicker movement today, generally speaking. But the, the, the Packer punter will be Matt Whelan. Is it Whelan? I actually, I, Daniel. Oh, Daniel Whelan. Daniel. <laughs> is, is it really? Okay. It's Daniel. Daniel You know, Whelan. I only know that because I absolutely thought it was Patrick Whelan because I got Pat O'Donnell on the yeah. confused. <laughs> it's very it's, <laughs> the, the Irish. The life of a punter, man. Yes, <laughs> indeed. So Daniel Whelan, who is, who is actually Irish, unlike Pat O'Donnell, who is the American version of Irish, like so many of us are. Um, but uh, cool to have an Irishman actually on on the team, breaking into the, the big leagues. So that's fun. And I think justifiable. Uh, he clearly has a stronger leg than Pat O'Donnell, who was honestly kind of bad last year. Like 
Uh, the holding wasn't as big a deal, but his punting was pretty brutal. He was an okay finesse punter, but he couldn't flip the field. And uh, he's he's old. He maybe he'll catch on somewhere. Punting's hard to come by, but uh, I like it. I like that they went with the young guy. Um, p- people were saying they thought they'd keep Pat O'Donnell for holding for veteran presence, but uh, you know, um, holding is is important. Corey Bayrakis sucked at holding, but. Um, it's not like there was a holding clinic between the two of them this this preseason. So let, let's go with big, strong leg and teach him how to hold. I like it. I'm also, a fan. I want to do a shout outs to Ken Ingles, who quote tweeted himself saying <laughs> they paid his $500,000 roster bonus. There's no way they cut him. And he called himself an idiot. He so. did. That was one of the reasons it was a surprise, though. That was an interesting move. And they must have really been impressed with uh, with with Whelan for that reason. So, yeah. Uh, he was wheeling and dealing. Wheeling and dealing. <laughs> I know Pat O'Donnell gets credit for being a good holder, and we, we don't really know the circumstances, I guess, of all the different kicks that Anders Carlson has missed. But could it have been that great? I mean, if if he's missing the kicks, what does it, you know, what, what does the apparatus around it even mean if it's not happening? You know? Right. So either that's the problem, or it doesn't matter if it's the problem because he's going to miss the kicks anyway. So what are we even, like, what are we even doing here caring about the hold? You know right, I, I think mean? that's the main thing. Like, if there was some big dichotomy between uh, Whelan's holds and O'Donnell's holds where, like, uh, uh, and uh, Anders was missing all of one and not the other, that would be one thing. But, like, it, it's clear that nobody was really excelling at this, and maybe the snapping is bad, but elite holders sometimes fix that problem, too. Um, and we don't have huge tape or sample size of this, but Justice, because he's a sicko, did a cut of all of <laughs> uh, all of the, the in-game holds and punts for Daniel Whelan today, and um, they were all fine. That they were all perfectly also, we, serviceable. We, we need to point out that the, the punts and the holds were two separate cut-ups. It wasn't just every time the man was on the field. He did a punt cut-up and a hold cut-up. I told Justice this, too, like... Um, he he doesn't on his clips. He ne- he never shows the ball going through the uprights or missing. It cuts off before then. It's such a big tease the whole time. I actually think that's one of the reasons it caught on so much. It's kind of hypnotic because you're just waiting for it to happen, <laughs> and it never does. It's like back to the hold, back to the hold. <laughs> that is true, sicko. That is true, sicko. When the outcome doesn't matter, and it is pure just pure process. All process, baby. Yep. It's um, gross. I mean, props props to Justice, who knows more about football than I ever, ever will, because he's psychotic about stuff like this. Congratulations yeah, like, to that man. But, like, when someone has a fly out to the warning track, they're still going to be like, oh, you know, but the process was great, and you just got to expect a different outcome the next time. Sure. <laughs> uh, I'm not disagreeing with it. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm just so saying if I could watch a tape that... of homers, I would, and not shots to the warning track. <laughs> So O'Donnell was a net of like 37 yards per punt last year, and his gross was better, but like 43-ish or something like that. And uh, we only have college stats or, you know, whatever, amateur stats for, for Whelan, Whelan, and it, it's like... But he played he played in the Irish League, okay? Yeah, but we have... And the XFL. XFL. He was like a 45-ish guy there, 46-ish guy there. So pretty good, substantially better. And he looked like he was banging it better than O'Donnell did, too. Like he just looks clearly stronger. Big fan of this move. Uh, also, yeah, it, it looks a lot of sense. yes. So uh, Anders Carlson had an uh, an excellent game. Made a very difficult field goal. Seems like a mortal lock at this point. He's he's done well under pressure. But it is worth noting that 
Um, the Browns cut Cade York today after trading for Dustin Hopkins, who was, by most assessments, a better prospect than Anders Carlson and was drafted significantly higher than Anders Carlson in the fourth round of the last draft. Drafting kickers not working out for a lot of teams this year, um, but uh, he's out there. It's worth keeping an eye on. I don't think they'll make a move. I think they're happy with Carlson at this point, but um, there are there's going to be some kickers out there that they want to give somebody a test. But is Cade York brother to the one of the best kickers of all time? <laughs> I, I, I think not. Probably not. You never know in this league, though. Maybe he's related to Jed. <laughs> <sighs> Who's Jed York? Yeah, I, have I no know idea. that. I, why should I know that? Uh, isn't he a? <laughs> why, is he a... <laughs> why am I blanking? He's the owner of the 49ers. Oh yeah. Okay. Was... I knew. I knew. I knew that name for some reason. But uh, I wasn't wasn't sure what was happening. Quickly googling. Was, yeah, he is the CEO of the Fortnite. All right. Well, anyway, moving on to the actual game that we had, um, and hooray, the Brewers just finished off the Cubs. So I'm. Yeah, buddy. Extreme. That's nine straight. Yep. Uh, and um, thank you for correcting me for people who. Do you smell? Do you smell burgers? I smell burgers. I we're, smell. I smell burgers. We're three games away from burgers. It's a, it's it's a beautiful thing whenever it happens. So. Uh, Jared corrected me today. We mentioned on the pod it was it, that it was 13 games for free burgers. That's not correct. It's 12. I, I did Google it after you corrected me. It's just stuck in my head from their 13-game streak to start the season. But nope, that was one extra than they needed. So we're close. We're yep. getting there. And they did reach 12 a second time in 2018 going into the playoffs. And uh, and that one, they did not get 13 in a row. That was into, I, I want to say it was the first game of the NLCS was the 12th win. And so once again, Milwaukee was showered in free George Webb's burgers. Uh, as the promotion goes, the promotion is genius. It is also disgusting, as anyone who's eaten a George, <laughs> George Webb burger knows. But doesn't matter. Doesn't people, matter when it's that good. You don't even care about the quality of the product. People in Milwaukee love free stuff. Just love it. Um, so it's a it's a brilliant promotion, and you know, once a decade paying it out, not a big deal. Uh, anyway, we had a sure. game. We had a game. So yeah. sorry, real conversation yes. I had with my roommate from Wisconsin once. He had this giant box of thumbtacks, and I was like, "What are you going to do with that?" He goes, "Who cares? It was free." <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's about right. Like we all have someone in our life like that. I don't think that's a Wisconsin thing. That's just humanity, man. What What, what is wrong with humanity? It had to be like 10,000 films. It might come in handy sometime, man. We may have to hang 1 million posters, and then you'll want to have these around. Not to throw them under the bus, but my sister and her partner had a uh, like a second wash machine. And I asked her boyfriend, I'm like, what do you need that for? He's like, well, it was a really good deal. I don't want to get rid of it. And I'm like, but you have one. It was so cheap, you know. You gotta get. You're not gonna get rid of a good deal, right? So. You're not. Um, there's there's a house nearby to the one that I am at in Kansas uh, that has two hot water heaters, just because. <laughs> just because. No, that is hardcore. Like, what? The owner didn't like how long that it took for the master to warm up. So instead of getting like a booster, a bigger one, yeah, all the second hot water heater and plumbed it to the whole house. So there's a legitimate backup. And he he did horse trading. Like he knew a guy who was a plumber and like cut his grass for a year. Yeah, he's got a guy. It's good to have that guy. He's got a guy. 
Oh man. Uh, <laughs> I, you know what? We I wonder if you could just like pick a random neighborhood and find all the eccentricities inside the houses. Like just pick a street, go inside all of them and and sort of like there there are going to be things each house is going to have something that you don't see anywhere else. It's like you got to be an older neighborhood. But like I'm thinking about my neighborhood specifically, every one of these houses has weirdness. People who cut corners once upon a time oh, yeah. or skip the step or you know there's so many things that people come into this house and they're like whoa like electrician and a plumber it's like yeah i haven't seen that before but it works you know it's it's yeah, functional the, the half bath on the main floor of my my house is not legally a bathroom <laughs> Jeez. yo i have a hot tub upstairs uh like a, a hot, like a hot tub, tub upstairs it sucks i'd rather have a shower or a <laughs> like functional bath i mean it functions as a bath but it takes so long to fill up because there's not enough water pressure for a damn hot tub on the upstairs but in a bungalow yep that's built in 190 whatever and 90s jet it, tub it goes yeah it gets completely <laughs> unused because because it doesn't it doesn't work guys it should have just been a shower so it's this bizarre thing. Like, yeah, upstairs, there's a hot tub. They flipped this house at one point, gave it all kinds of weirdo bells and whistles. So here they are. Yeah. They're still here. Speaking, so speaking of weirdo bells and whistles, Malik Heath. Malik Heath is a weirdo <laughs> bell and whistle. <laughs> are there awards for segues, like podcast awards? That you I, think, I think there are, yes. We crush the segues on this show. We really We do. crush them. Uh, he's making the roster. He's making the roster. He is one hundred percent making the roster. He's good. He's really good. He he deserves to make the roster. So no complaints here. Uh, He also is. uh, I'm mad at myself because like I I use my made up stats specifically to find guys like Malik Heath, and uh, he even ran. uh, He ran. He had a ras, but nobody had him as a prospect. Like he wasn't like on the beast on Dane Brugler's. He was like. 80th or something like that he didn't have a write-up uh pff had him like off the board by like 100 positions and you know i can like go so far but he finished 11th in rops last year he was he was excellent he was one of the, one of the most efficient especially high catch high volume guys um in the entire draft in fact no one with his completion percentage or with his his target his catch percentage uh, there was nobody who had a higher catch percentage and a higher uh, yards per catch in college football last year. So basically, of the guys who caught a lot of balls, nobody was more explosive than Malik Keith. It, he was uh, he was great. So for those of us who are just now parachuting into the Green Bay Packers 2023 season, not paying attention to the preseason, why in the world was this guy so far off the radar? What was what was working against this guy? couple things uh one of which is his raz is not great uh he did not impress people at the combine and um if you're not a heralded prospect in the first place one of the ways you can get heralded is by doing that which is kind of what happened to jonathan minko honestly who was his teammate in college um his much more heralded teammate who was drafted in i think the second round very high um but so he didn't impress athletically. He makes a lot of contested catches and did in college too. He's good at bodying people. That's a red flag for some teams. Um, and he was like not a big downfield burner. He was okay at it, but he was really good as like an intermediate physical guy, which is kind of a weird profile. So that's a lot of it. But the thing is, his hands are great. Um, and his numbers back that up. He ca- he caught everything thrown his way, and his quarterback was Jackson Dart, who was not a great college quarterback by any stretch of the imagination. Um, he was overshadowed by his teammate, and um, it it just combination of athleticism, more high profile guy, slipped through the cracks on everybody. Even though he was hyper efficient with high volume, and 
he was also on his third team in five years. I feel like we're missing that. Like, so he did two <laughs> years in CC. He did two years in Mississippi State, where he only he caught seventy balls in two years. Um, but yeah, like he he had a breakout season with Ole Miss, but and yeah, don't, don't know why. I mean, yeah. it's not like his RAS was terrible. It's 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 okay. It's not terrible. You're right, but it's not eye popping at all. And I think his forty was real slow. Like, I think oh, was, and like, he has small hands. Oh, well, that's weird. Yep. <laughs> small hands guys further, are almost never good at catching. Okay, further proving my point. Yeah, small yep. hands. But he was like a four six four guy, right? Like he was he was pretty slow. Four five four. Really? I thought he was. Yeah. I'm sure you have it pulled up, but I thought he was faster, uh, slower than that. So good for him. That's not too bad. You're right. That's not too bad. Hmm. Yes, and his arms aren't very long for how tall he is. He's got 30, <laughs> 32 and a half inch arms. So, like, like I don't know. So, like, he's got a couple minor dings physically, but... The same thing kind of happened to Antoine Green, who was the other receiver at North Carolina with Josh Downs, who was also kind of the same kind of good as Malik Heath, and looks like he's probably going to make the Detroit roster as a, either, like, a seventh rounder or a UDFA, too. So sometimes that happens to the second guy on a team, and uh, this is one of those. All right, speaking of second guy, Brenton Cox, another undrafted guy. He's got to make it too, right? He's got to make it. He's popped. Okay, but I feel like I'm the only person who remembers, like, J. Roan Elliott destroying the the preseason, and everyone was like, yeah, you know, play Roan, man. All that dude is make plays. Call him <laughs> Shakespeare. And then cut. By the way, he's 4'6", he's four, 4, Matt. I was right. You're not. I'm. I literally was. I don't know. Maybe I'm looking at pro day numbers, but that's as it says four five four. So yeah, four six four makes a lot more sense. But yeah. Um. Okay. So like, I want Brenton Cox to make the team. Everyone else wants Brenton Cox to make the team. I just, I wanted J. Ron Elliott to make the team his rookie year, and I remember a good preseason that the Packers completely ignored. I don't know. I feel like it wasn't just good. I think I feel like it was really good and consistent across games. That one of the things with a lot of their high performers this preseason is that they've been they've done it for multiple games. Like if Malik Heath did this for you know a half once, um, like some of the guys did yesterday, or you know in the second half of this game, like McCrary and and uh, Jadakiss Bonds did, that's a different story. But uh, he's he's put up pretty good performances against you know pretty high string levels, like second stringers and above. And he's done it for more than one game. So I, I think it's a little better than just, you know, the one-offs that uh, maybe J. Ron Elliott did dominate for an entire preseason. I honestly don't remember. But, uh, like, I like the consistency they've all shown. And he's got to make it. And the way Cox played in that game, like, if you're worried about a guy who's going to get snatched up by another team, I mean, obviously, when you have that tape, yep. that's that's a, that's a concern, right? Like, there, there are plenty of guys who are good who they're going to cut because – you know, everybody's got guys that they're that they think are good that are going to cut that they know scheme that their scheme and they're just going to go to the practice squad. But I don't know about I don't know about that guy. That guy's going to be tough to slide through anything. Absolutely, he's going to get claimed in a second if he gets exposed to waivers. Were you surprised that Kenny Clark played in this game? <laughs> yes, incredibly, very yes, much absolutely. so. That was so weird. Like, did he need the work? Did he ask for it, or were <laughs> they like, Kenny, get out there? We want to see that you're okay. Or what? also, was it? Was it the first series where he just absolutely sunned a dude? Yeah, he destroyed people. That's kind of why I asked because I feel like it was like, Kenny, we haven't seen enough out of you. And then Kenny was just like, all right, seen enough out of me now. Yeah, three (laughs) plays into the game. Like, uh uh-huh, uh-huh, bubble wrap that man and let's get going. Yep. 
Because that's what I was shocked he played. Like, you know, he gets hurt pretty regularly. It seems risky to expose him to any preseason action. I do feel like that is, that's kind of the situation that happened, though, is just, uh, all right, I'm clearly good. I'm coming out now. Time for everybody else to play. I mean, Aaron Rodgers played in a preseason game, so anything is possible. Every every starter is going to play, I guess, now for just a couple minutes. So, Which, by the way, Aaron Rodgers playing in his preseason game gave us the full slate of Aaron Rodgers. Did you see it? Yeah. He threw a touchdown Him. pass to his star receiver. He overthrew a guy. <laughs> he yelled at a dude. He for complained. Running the wrong route. Yeah, yes, yes, it was yes. it was the full gambit of Aaron Rodgers in a five minute. Yep. Uh, yep. Oh, I will mention showered his alignment with praise. Yep. A lot going on there. I wanted to mention one thing yep. on Brenton Cox, just in case he doesn't end up making the team. Um, he's played really, really well, but for one, some reason, one or another, he has a twenty-seven point five tackle grade for the preseason from PFF which is like the lowest I've ever seen them give to anybody. So um, maybe he let a bunch of running backs slip through his fingers that I didn't notice, but that just worth monitoring that because he did have splash plays and he did look like he pushed linemen back very effectively, but maybe he has trouble wrapping up or something. So that is out there lingering. They had a couple of weird ones like that. and that's That's one of them. Is this still under the the heading of preseason? It's preseason for the stats guys too. Yeah, yeah. It, it might. <laughs> God, it, it's like grain. Of, it's a grain of salt thing. But um, mm-hmm. I feel like on the outliers, like you don't you you don't give somebody a twenty seven unless you're pretty sure about it. It's easy to give everybody a B plus. You know, um, it's yeah. hard. It's harder to dole out a bunch of Fs. Okay, and then uh, Carrington Valentine seems like. Uh... You know, I guess if you're playing in every preseason game, it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to be getting a lot of snaps in the regular season, but he sure uh he has not backed down. He's been consistent throughout and uh I don't know, man. I think I think that guy's a dude at, on some level. He's he's going to be whether it's teams or whether it's on defense, I don't know. I feel like he's going to make a player two this year that are really yeah. memorable. It is really no, memorable. he's not a pseudo safety, so he's not going to play teams. He's the Malik Heath of the defense though. He's <laughs> That's a good way to put it. Yeah. Uh, uh, If anybody's going to come, like, uh, be it like a star of the unheralded people, it's him. I Mm. can't believe how sticky he is. His film's great. It's not just good. He is just, nobody gets any separation off him ever. He is just on everybody. Like, he he, he gets the Sam Shields comp. I think that's fair, but um, he looks stickier a lot of the time than than Sam does. Who you, well, Shields was super fast. Shields' nickname literally was sticky. Well, except. (laughs) The, the the difference being Shields would actually allow separation every once in a while, but he was way faster than everybody, and he would get right back on that guy. Uh, Carrington sure. just d- doesn't let anybody get away from him ever. Um, <laughs> that a little different in that way. So I, I think he's going to end up in the rotation, playing a ton, and I think I think they may have something with that one. Like I think he might be something special. Like Malik Heath, I think is just a good like second or third receiver ceiling. Um, Carrington, I think is like a best corner on the team ceiling. Jesus, <laughs> I know they have Jair. Gonna, but if they didn't, I was like, I'm, cl- I'm clipping this. this is- <laughs> yeah, click it. That's that's fine. You're allowed to talk about ceiling without saying that he's yeah. better than Jair Alexander right now. No, we're not allowed to talk about ceiling anymore. That was ruined this off season when people were comparing Watson to freaking Jefferson. <laughs> to being higher than Justin Jefferson. Jefferson. Yes, he said his ceiling was high. It was a ceiling yeah. comparison. That's why. The phrase is, is uh, sticking on my mind. Yep, we I, have. I, I really like Valentine too. Um, the Sam Shields comp is is quite good, but yeah, like wow to say that he he looked stickier than Sam Shields is 
That really, really is something. I spent a lot of time watching Carrington Valentine tape because it's fun, and that's what he looks like. So. Because it's fun. Yeah. So we've gotten this far. We haven't talked about Jordan Love. I know there's other people on the rundown, but uh, <laughs> um, it was it was windy, Jordan Love which is my favorite. He is. He is. Uh, he is. He's my favorite the, bullet point. He's under the not the as rundown. good section of the rundown. <laughs> it was windy, which uh, I guess is how you can explain some of the deep balls that were short. I don't know. I, 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 he, he was fine. Like, he's always fine, but I, I don't know. I was hoping... I, I don't know what I was hoping. I thought I thought that when those balls went into the air that it would be like, oh, they're going to be right on their guy. And I don't know if I saw him really throw one ball that was really impressive. Yeah. But, um, you know, I, I, I don't know what I expect at this point either. Like, he's he is what he is, and I think he's going to be fine. And that's that's exactly what we saw, I suppose, in this third game. Yeah, accuracy was a problem. Power was surprisingly a problem, especially on that throw to Watson. It it was windy. So, so um, one one thing about the throw to Watson, though, yeah. is... Um, I know Watson he, didn't run the route well. Yes. Yeah, he he was he literally got pushed five yards off his route. He did. Like so, so Love had to throw the ball a lot farther than he expected. But also, just throw it, just do that. <laughs> just, just just throw it more. Yes. Throw it, but more. <laughs> That's fine. Uh, we're trying. I spent a lot of time trying to figure out how windy it was, and uh, during a couple injuries, you could see the trainer's jackets actually blowing pretty hard. I actually think it was legitimately windy. So that you know, that's something. It's not nothing. But I agree with Jair's. Jair's dead on. Like there were not any passes that really made you stand up and take notice. He was not that accurate. Um, and I don't like it when he's not accurate. It was his major problem in college, um, and he should. He, he's had better games, but those those throws are just not on as they should be. They hit the they get to the guy, but they're not in stride. They're making a guy reach back for it. It's uh, it's a little worrying. It's a little concerning. On the plus side, though, I do think he made all of his reads correctly. I think every ball he threw was more or less to the correct person and with more or less the correct timing. So um, I think he has good command of the offense. I just want to see him tighten up the you know the pinpoint accuracy a little bit. Not a great game, but could be worse. Jaden Reed also not impressive. Dropped a couple balls. Um, and you're pointing out his catch radius isn't exactly great, which isn't just about drops. It's um, Did he have the lowest offensive PFF grade in that game? He did. He did. Dang. Um, yes, sir. That's yeah. Um, he's So I, he, he looked good to start off the preseason, but he's actually been getting progressively worse as the preseason has gone on. And... Mm. Uh, I'd kind of come around on him, and I'm still kind of around on him because he's still super fast. But this is also a problem that Jaden Reed had in college, and one of the problems I had with him as a draft pick, he played outside there, but he is he's small, and he does not have long arms or good reach, and um, he doesn't haul in a lot of passes that other guys do. And they're not drops. They're just passes that he doesn't really get to because he's not quite as big and doesn't have quite as good of hands. So... That started to crop up. He had a bad drop in this game. He had a lot of targets that didn't didn't find their person, uh, and it showed up in his grades. It's showing up in his catch percentage, which is not good on the year. Um, and I think he'll be okay. But I would have liked to have seen him have you know a couple of good catch and runs that really never materialized. And you kind of mentioned Watson's got to make that play, even though it wasn't it wasn't a great ball. The the one downfield. Got to, got to catch that ball. That like yeah. we, we talked about how he hadn't run any of these deep routes, and then he finally has one, and eh, you got to catch that ball. But, yeah, it's, I think it's a little, a little of both are at fault. A little here. both. 
Oh, get, I, agree, I agree. Get it out of your system before you do it on the first play of the season. So that's fine. Yeah. And we're still going to play that, that rhetoric, aren't we? Like, oh, yeah, man, play one is going to be play action, deep shot. <laughs> yep. So on the preseason, um, Jaden Reed has the of the offensive players that have grades, he's 28th. He has a 59.2 composite PFF grade. Um, for those keeping score, I know you're out there. Samari Toure is 22nd. He has a composite 65. So um, quite a bit better. Just, just throwing that out there. That is the case. And uh, do we? Th- this is a question, and whatever take comes from this is only going to last a few hours before we find out all the roster moves. Yep. How do we feel about AJ Dillon? Is there still any chance that they elect to make a surprise cut out of him? It would be they the, would never cut a second round pick. It, it would be the most Europe. surprising cut. I don't think they'd do it, but he had a bad game too. Um, there we had a, a couple cut ups of just obvious um, misreads of the hole he should hit. And one of the most basic aspects of football, uh, if, if you're running back and you can see what's in front of you, is uh, run to the back of your offensive lineman. Um, because that's the way it's being blocked. And we just have many instances of him having a clear view of the blocking in front of him and choosing to run to the opponent's side of the block. And there's no excuse for that. It's ridiculous. Yeah, um, it's not great. It's very basic. It's very weird. It's, it's dumb because it's getting you more contact than you otherwise would have as well. So I don't know what's up with AJ, but it would be nice to see him um, start to read its stuff a little bit better. Power's nice, speed's nice, but geesh, um, <laughs> it, it's it's worrying. It's not great. The mayor's not impressed me lately. Mm. So you're uh, saying that he, was it Trent Williams? That's who I'm thinking of. Trent, uh, not Trent Williams. He does not. Trent play. Richardson. Trent, little Trent Richardson in him. Yeah. 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 Mm. Yeah. All the, all the power and speed in the world, but vision of Mr. Magoo. Yep. Mm-hmm. Meaning our quarterback, not the blind cartoon character. <laughs> a little bit of there were some there were some good 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 signs like John Runyon Jr. being a monster uh, the offensive line in general right like really encouraging preseason it feels like Rashid Walker's a dude Zach Tom can play anywhere you know Bacteria will probably be fine I don't know if we have evidence of that <laughs> but I think so and uh, you know every, everybody I, seems to be doing their job so Josh Myers is still there but other than that everything's great yeah so good have we so mentioned good. have I was gonna say, have we mentioned Chad Clifton yet this this off season? I can mention it because I did a story at jsonline.com today about the biggest villains in Wisconsin <laughs> sports yeah. history, and uh, it was in light of Manny Machado being booed all weekend in at American Family Field. But one name I did not put on the list was Warren Sapp, and somebody, and I should have. Like I definitely considered him. I thought about him, but just I, I'd kind of forgotten about the Chad Clifton thing where he blindsided him and put him in a hospital and yeah, uh, broke his hip. Yeah, I mean, I don't know why. I've, forgot about that it was very memorable i i remembered him like jawing with brett Favre always and then somebody pointed it out to me it's like man i really have to put warren Sapp on that list so uh anyway <laughs> i did think of him today i thought of him in the aisle of the grocery store and then i added him to my list of villains excellent anyway sorry okay. anyway, well, so in the post hip break world of chad clifton he was on a major pitch count in the off seasons as well as sure. uh, preseason yeah and then would would play whole seasons for another what like seven years something like that long time and I think I just saw that he's doing great. Like there were no, uh, shockingly, no long-term repercussions health-wise from all of that. I think he's doing really well. That is great so, and amazing. Shots. Yeah, shots Hip, to Chad Clifton. Hips great career. Great career. Yep. But the line is great. Uh, the, I won't be surprised if they do trade Yash tomorrow at some point. They just have so much depth and 
like especially at tackle, they could they could use another guard probably, but um, they're going to have a bit of a crunch, and there's no reason not to grab another pick. There's a lot of teams that are absolutely desperate for tackles, so I, I think that probably happens. It's uh it's looking likely. All right, and then Luke Musgrave was good. Luke Musgrave caught a pass from Jordan Love. How and about it, that? It wasn't high, which that's all <laughs> it I wanted to say. It was a good pass. Jordan read the tweets, man. It was a very unremarkable <laughs> pass connection, I think, for a first down. Not bad. Yep, I'll take it. That's all I wanted to see out of him. Uh, we'll save it for the regular season, too. And then there were, I know, a few garbage time guys. J- uh, Jada Kiss Bonds, Nate McCrary, Austin Allen. I don't know if those are... Uh, very exciting, but you know they're not. Guys well. did well. Two of them the, are going to make the roster, and Austin Allen might make the roster, but he's going to be close. The Packers have to keep Jada Kiss because the All Names team is suffering oh, you're real right. bad this year. <laughs> the, the Patriots cut their All Name teams guys already. Um, Brutal. It's yeah. It's just come on, man. I mean, Jada Kiss Bonds. That is a special, special name. It is. That it is, is that is a Hall of Fame caliber name. So uh, I agree with you, Matub. They got they got to keep them. So yep. they got to keep something for the vibes. It can't all be for Rich Passage. You're still gonna have AJ. You're gonna have vibes. You'll be okay. I think you'll have Jonathan uh-huh. Holmes too. I think you'll be okay on both fronts. That's for the content. I'm talking about vibes. Oh. D- different things. Different things. Okay. No, necessarily not actually. Necessarily. <laughs> AJ Dillon. AJ Dillon brings a lot of content and vibes. Yeah. So. It, it yeah, is. So the the Patriots cut uh, Diego Fago. Spelled <laughs> tough. Almost, almost well, let's like not spell it. I don't want it. Yeah. <laughs> and, and the Patriots also got rid of Johnny Lumpkin, which is like the best name. Which team cut Bumper Pool? Was that the 49ers? Somebody cut a linebacker named Bumper Pool. I believe he played at Arkansas. He is not what you're thinking when you pull up his headshot. And, Carolina uh, Panthers. <laughs> Carolina Panthers have the audacity to cut. <laughs> Bumper pool. <laughs> the Panthers aren't going to be good. What do they care? What do they care? Bumper James Morris pool. billiard side Morris pool. <laughs> oh, For God's man. sakes, keep bumper pool. Whatever. All right, questions? Are we ready for that? I think so. Let's do it. All right. We've hit uh, hit all the high points here. So Patreon, of course, uh, the, the Patreon subscribers get question priority. Mark puts Garvey always gets question priority. He comes first. What is he uh, ever? Pretty much. He was. Much I, I posted that uh, the call for questions at kind of a weird time. Like I think after the tailgate recording at like eleven thirty at night, and Mark had his question up like fifteen seconds after it was live, <laughs> as he always does. <laughs> there's a there's a special ego hit you get, a little serotonin hit, knowing that someone has you on notice. Yep. And that every time you tweet. Uh, somebody, somebody's seeing that right away on their phone. That's pretty, pretty great. Be sure to smash that bell and hit that like button. <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, price line. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, my daughter, who's way too many YouTube, it's very unsettling watching all these families walk around, like go about their daily lives holding phones up and talk whatever i'm not gonna go down this i <laughs> went to a dark place and i'm pulling myself right back out mark scarby so now that we're through the preseason how much can we really take away from what we saw did anything specific happen in the preseason that stood out to you nice generic question i like I it know. because um i used to not watch the preseason ever and i feel like i actually made better predictions when i didn't than now that i do and i can kind of tell when i'm i'm like probably overreacting to both Malik Heath and Carrington Valentine. Like, that's probably not warranted. Um, but uh, you, you can't take away that much. You really can't. It's it's hard to even, like we always say, don't pay attention to results or stats. It's just individual performances. But even though it's like, unless you're like a professional scout, you can't take that much away. And even if you are, your sample size is so small that it's still kind of all nonsense. And like anybody who struggled in the preseason could literally show up in game one and have like an all-pro season. Like if Devontae Wyatt shows up in game one and like plays out of his mind, great. I won't be surprised at all. And he was absolute garbage all preseason. So um, you, you really shouldn't take much out of it. It's better to be good in preseason than bad marginally, but that's kind of it. Um, everything else is just a bunch of noise to confuse us and make us draft people too high in fantasy, and that's kind of it. <laughs> All right, Devlin Sheehan, <laughs> unless Matab. Matab, do you have a one nothing. broad observation that you want to add now? Um, uh, oh, my God, the, the running back whose name is Emmanuel now Wilson. Me. Emmanuel Wilson. Yeah, that was incredibly surprising. Who he continued to be pretty good, um, especially in pass pro. Handled stunts well. Yeah, I feel like he wasn't quite as good running last game, but he was right. much better in pass pro. I feel like he was actually yeah, concentrating was... on pass pro. Mm-hmm. Yep. So yeah, that's that's I, that stood out. His the meteoric rise and then apparent utility of our running back seven or whatever he was originally. Devlin Sheehan asks: Aaron Jones averaged an excellent five point three yards per rush last season he turns 29 in december i'm a bit nervous we'll soon hit the he'll soon hit this proverbial wall that slows down most running backs nearing 30 years old on the other hand jones only has 1035 career rushing attempts so he hasn't exactly been running to the ground like most good running backs i lost my place hold on one second uh didn't like most good running backs nearing 30 do you share my concern or do you think it'll be business as usual for number 33 if I had to guess, I'd say it's business as usual, but I do share your concern. And he's kind of a science experiment of age versus use. And um, I'm not 100% convinced which one's more important, um, just because when you do turn, I'm quite old now, but when you turn 30, things hurt more than when you're 20. And when you're 40, they hurt way more than that. And there's something to the like losing a step. Um, you can often see when guys are going to go downhill from their, their receiving yards uh, as a running back I actually don't have his up right now check when Matt's talking but uh, I do think age gets guys it's good that they've managed his load I think it gives him a better chance to be good longer because they have done that but yeah I'm worried and I wouldn't bank on him being good for like another two years um, I think you know this is the latter half of his prime and uh, he'll probably go soon no matter what uh, no, Paul, you're going to have to invent some kind of like miles per gallon or some kind of weird uh, running back metric. That stuff that never compares. works. Like there there used to be one for pitchers in baseball. Um, what, was, what was the stupid pitcher stat in baseball? Like it was called abuse points, I think. I think that was it. And uh, it like it wasn't really predictive. It It's not used anymore. 
every t- everybody people try to do that all the time it just doesn't work so i'm not doing it and uh what what kind of abuse points did that dude for the cubs get when he threw a ton it like a lot 100, yes. 127 you should pitches. you shouldn't make carry with throw 150 pitches in a game yes that <laughs> that's just common sense yes that's right TJ Wessel says, so will Waylon Whelm watchers with his wonderful wielding of the holder position? Boom leg aside, steady hands would be nice. I like how uh, mechanical his holding ritual is. I, I, look at the kicker. Yeah, look yeah, at yeah. the ground. Look at the... <laughs> I, like, that's, I think, the big takeaway from the, the... So the film cut up Justice did. We kind of made fun of him for doing it because he does that kind of thing. But... It actually was useful for that reason, and Matt's right. Like every time he's holding, it's very, very much like ingrained. He does the exact same thing every time. He was good at scooping him off the ground, and it's it's good to have those like rhythm things so that you don't randomly screw up. And it's like and he check he here, did, check here, check here, yeah. ball. Like that's how it should be. He did also catch a horrible snap that was outside of his body, on the outside. Like it was very fast. He's he yep. he looked capable of catching and placing the ball correctly indeed by the way i just pulled up aaron jones receiving numbers to see in my theory and now i'm more worried than i was before um (laughs) (laughs) so in 2019 he averaged 9.7 yards per reception which is a very good running back number uh last two years 7.6 and 7.5 those are kind of meh average running back numbers uh emblematic of a guy who's not getting into the pattern quickly but being mostly a dump off last year he was 6.7 and uh that's a pretty strong downgrade and a bad trend line which often presages a loss of rushing ability later on yeah but i i I want to chart that versus a heat map because rogers didn't throw to the middle of the field much last year and so he got a lot of like dump offs yeah yeah they're they're very well maybe excuses for it just it's worth keeping he was also for the last three years he's been asked to run like actual routes and he's not an actual route runner so he wasn't going to see downfield usage i'm I'm, but like my kingdom for a texas i'm just i'm just saying it's something that tends to happen and i'm i'm trying to be what's the the word like unrealistically optimistic no what was was the (laughs) phrase recklessly optimistic recklessly yeah i'm trying to be recklessly optimistic all right buckle up old man on a bike in shirlington I'm an old man on a bike who wants to talk about disappointment, as I believe Jets fans are about to experience this emotion, much as I did when returning to work after a vacation to the land of spotted cow and fried cheese curds. My prediction is that by the end of the season, number one, the Jets will have a worse record than the Packers, and number two, they will have wished they traded for love instead of Rodgers. What say you? I like the over-under question, especially. I actually, I, I think the Packers end up with a better record than the Jets. I agree with that. Uh, the Jets, I think, are a better team than the Packers are. And, and don't take this as too much of a rip on Aaron, who I think will be fine. But they, they have a good defense. I think their offense will be kind of meh. And they play in just a much harder division with a much harder schedule. That's their big problem. They yeah, the, have... the, the Jets are a 10-win team that'll win six, and the Packers are a six-win team that'll win nine. I think they'll both win right around nine. But uh, I do think the Packers will eke him out a little bit. Um, and the second question is hard because, you know, compensation's a big part of the equation and money is a big mm. part of the equation. So, I mean, maybe so it, it's one of those things where it, it, Rogers may, maybe he will be lights out this year and play at like a top five level again. Um, but he's very expensive and they traded away a lot of assets to get him and will not have those assets to build in the future. And love would cost you a lot less, both monetarily and draft pick wise. So, 
Hard to say, but I doubt that they'll regret it. They're taking their shot, and hard to blame them for it. At the risk of answering earnestly a question that is obviously meant a little bit tongue-in-cheek, but the the offseason experience that New York Jets fans have had, it's all, there's already some banked value to this. Like, yeah. having the Aaron Rodgers <laughs> celebrity-thon is really... I mean, I think Jets fans are having a really good time. And I don't know if it obviously if it doesn't translate on the field, it's going to be a problem. But they're going to win nine games, eight or nine games. They're going to be in the playoff hunt at the very least. I think they make the playoffs. I think they'll find a way. I think they will have more wins than the Packers. Maybe that's too optimistic. I don't know. But uh, I, I think Jets fans have already gotten something out of it. And I don't think there's really any scenario where they would have thought about getting. A, I mean, obviously, there's no way they could have gotten Jordan Love. But uh, I don't. I don't think they're going to regret it. I think this is this is what they asked for. It's what they wanted. Yeah. And they're going to have to live with some with all of the consequences. There will be more than just the good ones. I'm yeah. Sure. Well, like my favorite, like, is the stages of grief of the Jets fans, <laughs> like when they're realizing <laughs> that I think Randall Cobb is going to be a much bigger part of the offense than we thought. <laughs> yeah. Yep. <laughs> you know, Malik Taylor's like fifth on the depth chart there. Of course he is. That's fantastic. <laughs> You know, and Billy Turner is black. I mean, he'd be blacking anyway. But there's so many, so many. Packers. Adrian Amos, is Tim Boyle, second on the depth chart. Yep, Tim Boyle's there. <laughs> it's uh, Tim Boyle's gonna get a lot of time. It's it's weird. He'll be <laughs> he, he is their number two, right? After or no, he'd have to be the three. Zach Wilson, he's, but he'll make he's the three after Zach Wilson. They're gonna put him on the fifty-three, though, won't they? I think they're so. gonna have to keep him. Pretty sure. Oh man! All right, Price Trozen. With the fire sale slash slashing payroll of the Cardinals, could Goody pull off Justice's dream of Buda Baker to the Packers? Uh, it's so theoretically, I would say probably not. However, uh, the Cardinals are extremely stupid, and sometimes <laughs> when a GM is extremely stupid, you can get value for not much going the other way. Um, so that's already happened with the Cardinals with the guy who ended up on the giants, whose name eludes me, uh, Isaiah something. Um, Isaiah Simmons, Isaiah Simmons, Buddha's not going to be a part of the team and the next good Cardinal team. It's not the case. So they probably will trade him. Uh, it's just a matter of making it happen. The Packers of course also have the tight salary cap situation. I think it's tricky for that to happen, but I don't think it's impossible. Um, but uh, I, I wouldn't bet on it, but, when a team has just poor management like this, I wouldn't totally discount it. Uh, I just wouldn't. Some every once in a while so, you wake up and it's like well, they traded that for that. You know that happens sometimes, and th that that's never discussed in advance because no one thinks those trades are available. Like the David Johnson DeAndre Hopkins trade that the Cardinals did a few years ago was that. It was like what the hell did they just do? <laughs> so it's possible that could happen, but probably won't. But yeah, the, I think the biggest holdup is also the salary thing. Salary's like big. The Packers, salary's a big yeah, deal. Yeah. Unless the Packers would be willing to part with extra compensation for the Cardinals to redo some contract and eat whatever. Yeah, I just I don't think it could happen financially. But like I said, theoretically it's possible. And also, I don't think the Cardinals are dumb. I just think that they're in a fire sale trying to tank. Well, they are, but they're they're dumb. That's why they have to be in also, a fire sale also trying that. to tank. <laughs> but they're also dumb. Okay, makes sense. Buddha is the Kevin King draft, right? The TJ Watt, the whole thing. Yes, Buddha is the Kevin King yep, draft. Yep, that's right. He stole. Good times. He also stole um, Jeff Janis' Pro Bowl spot. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you're either either a smart fella or a fart smeller. 
Are the Packers simply forever cursed to have bad special teams, or will Bisaccia be enough to help them right the ship, despite relying on a rookie kicker and rookie punter? On that note, are my suspicions that special teams will single-handedly cost the Packers at least one game this season valid? I think my question is, will the special teams cost them the first game of the year? I'm, I'm seeing like a bad hold or a Carlson missed kick or just something random. Uh, I feel like I feel like it's not even about when it's it's about how soon. Like a quarter of bear wins all time are based on the other team screwing up special teams as far as I can tell. So I'm kind of with you on that. Um, but it, it I mean, they were better last year in that they didn't have as noticeable of screw-ups, and Keyshawn Nixon overshadowed a lot of issues, but they were still a bad special teams unit last year. Their punting wasn't good, Mason wasn't good, their coverage still wasn't very good, this despite Rich Passaccia basically having his own position to fill, <laughs> like his own GM work that he does on all their, their safeties and linebackers that just play special teams and now just play safety for them. So, um we might be cursed, um, but you know if they're gonna be good, it's gonna be now because it's Pasachia guys, and um, it's a it, it's got to happen sooner or later. Otherwise, what do you do? Like, <laughs> I was like, I just I just had this moment of like the opening kickoff being like that Tony Danza movie where he kicks for the Eagles. Was it? He was a garbage man who becomes a kicker for the Eagles. No like, idea, he, man. It was Tony Danza, wasn't anyway. Um, he, it's like, it's like rookie of the year, but instead of having a magic army as a magic leg, um, but he finds out that he's going to make a lot of money and straight up kicks the opening kickoff 90 degrees down the 50 yard line into the stands. And I'm just imagining Anders doing that. This movie is called the garbage picking field goal kicking Philadelphia phenomenon. You gotta be kidding. I am not kidding. It's a Disney I'm, I'm not, movie. I didn't make it up. Look, it's real. So. At first, it's, from, it's a made-for-TV movie in 1998, Matub. At first, I thought you were massively misremembering the Wahlberg one. <laughs> <laughs> That's a true story, right? That's <laughs> Tony Danza and Mark Wahlberg do look alike. <laughs> oh my gosh, the garbage-picking, field goal-kicking Philadelphia phenomena. That's so much. I honestly like. I'm looking at it, and it feels like it's still fake. It, looks, it feels <laughs> it's like a, an it's SNL a Simpsons party. Troy McClure movie. That's what that is. That is a Troy McClure movie. <laughs> you may remember me <laughs> from such movies as the garbage picking, whatever the rest of that is. But yeah, yeah I've so already forgotten it. Tony Danza kicks in a work boot. It's it's a whole thing. Um, he trained by kicking the release lever on his garbage truck, and he got a super strong leg, and then he he kicks in like a Timberland. It's a it's a terrible movie. Oh yeah, you don't but, say. Really? <laughs> that surprises it, like, me. No, but like <laughs> not even in, not but not even in the redeeming like bad campy cheesy kind of thing. It's just bad. Yes. Like there's it's boring you know, bad. But, it's not fun bad. Yeah. But yes, at, at one point he kicks uh, opening kickoff at a ninety degree angle, a hundred yards into the stands. <laughs> and I just imagine Anders Carlson opening the season like that. Seems likely. It could happen. There's your there's your RAE homework. Go watch the garbage picking pilgrim kicking. There is zero percent chance that thing is available <laughs> on any streaming service in the United it's, it's States. It's gotta be on Disney Plus, right? No, they don't have it. I don't I don't think it is. Yeah. No. I, I think they probably cut ties with that in every in every corner of the internet. <clears throat> All right. Flaley Joel Osbit says, Are there multiple helmets with headsets? Campbell is out and Walker is calling the defense. Will whomever replaces him post ejection have to be trained in hand signals, or do they swap brain cases does the third linebacker spot have more to do with similarities in cranial circumference or comprehension of non-auditory communication i mean 
Good question. I don't think <laughs> I don't think any of us know. I think they have two. Like I'm pretty sure they have a, a backup one, if nothing else. But uh, I mean, helmets are specific. You're right about that. Uh, I, I I honestly don't know the answer to it. I also don't know if it's built into the helmet or if you can swap out the mechanics, which would be my. I, I, I would assume it's can, the latter. I believe you can swap out the mechanics yeah. because they're they're built into the padding, aren't they? Right. Yeah. So. I, I, that seems there are like people on possible. the sideline for this very reason, yeah. like equipment people who are who are wizards who will fix it. They will make it happen. Yeah. All right. Case of the Sunday berries. That's a very good one. Related to the special teams question above, if Basache doesn't turn teams around, then are there any MLF staffing decisions we can feel good about? Staffing seems like what might define Matt LaFleur's ceiling more than X's and O's or player management. Yep. So he's asking, Matt LaFleur has, obviously there's the Joe Barry thing. If Basache isn't isn't truly the one, has Matt Lafleur so, yes. sullied his legacy? The one thing I'll say about that though is Joe Barry's never been successful at his job, like ever. But Rich Basaccia has, so like it, this seems like it might be a different kind of problem that maybe he interferes too much or they're too restrictive in some way or something. But um, it, yeah, I, I I would say it does call into question his staffing decisions. They've been a little problematic so yeah totally all right i, we're... Just, found, I just found the garbage picking field goal kicking wow. philadelphia phenomenon on youtube free with ads of course <laughs> it's on YouTube. yeah of course uh, so on. did you start watching it he's he's already right, no, i'm laughing so hard I just you're watching the movie that's what's happening i'm not i'm not watching the movie but it, it's, it's ripped off the vhs with scan lines and all it's all beautiful do you think it's better than his performance in Angels in the Outfield, Tony Danza's sports movies? So I, the answer, there's an answer to this question, uh, which okay. is that all Tony Danza performances are exactly the same <laughs> because Tony Danza doesn't play characters. He plays Tony Danza, which is why his character's <laughs> name is Tony in like Tony. 80% of the things he does. Uh is there is there also always someone named Angela so he can say it in that <laughs> Tony Danza way? I don't th- I don't think so, but maybe. <laughs> Hold me closer, Tony Danza. All right, we're on to Twitter questions. Uh, that that does it for Patreon. Keith Keskinen asks: I saw that Myers gave up zero pressures in his pass blocking snaps this preseason, according to PFF. Mm-hmm. If Myers is a good pass blocker, is that more important with Love as the quarterback than last year with Rodgers? Is it more important than his run blocking, where he has been bad? It's also important to note that Paul, myself, and Jr. gave up zero pressures in pass blocking this preseason. <laughs> Okay, yes, but Josh Myers was not terrible against pass. Uh, he was okay in pass pro. He, he was. Yeah, he was okay in one-on-one pass pro, but you're not going to see a lot of stunts and blitzing in That's true. Preseason. It's very vanilla, and that's where he does tend to have problems. Yeah, he's always he's always been good in vanilla blocking one-on-one. That's not his issue. His yeah. issue is handling the complexities of the NFL. But he's not a terrible center. He is a average center, and... Uh, yeah, it's still it's still not a strength exactly. It's just better than his run blocking. So, um, it's I mean it's good he's not terrible. That's good. It's good he can be competent out there, uh, and it is more important to be better in pass blocking than run blocking. Though it would be nice if he was good at both. <laughs> um, but but yeah, I guess nominally speaking, yes, that is the case. But they could still do better. Same question with that's going to be you know over in a few hours basically. But is he a surprise cut, Josh Myers? I don't think so. I, I, yeah, I, I don't either. 
they've been so supportive in their statements about him and he hasn't been a big enough disaster for that. All right, Jonathan Dela says, not really a Packers question unless the season goes to hell. With a history of quarterbacks, the likes of Sam Darnold, Mark Sanchez, Matt Leinert, and Carson Palmer, why is the general public convinced Caleb Williams is going to be the exception? Ooh, he's talking about the USC yeah. lineage. So uh, it's a good question. I like this question a lot because uh, you shouldn't you shouldn't scout based on the school people go to. Um, it's not a good idea. They've been through many different kinds of offense there. And all of everybody you cited is first of all drastically different in their play styles their arm strengths things like that second Carson Palmer's really good <laughs> um, he was excellent he would have been even more excellent had he not torn his Achilles um, but uh, he's a good player and uh, Caleb Williams is I would say better and different than all of them he is a a better arm than any USC quarterback that I can remember, except maybe Joey Harrington, um, who was good at that, but not anything else. Um, and he, he's a, he's going to grade out as a very high RAS guy. He's much more accurate than I think all these guys, except Leinert off the top of my head was pretty accurate. And Palmer probably was actually, I don't remember Palmer's stats that much. I just remember him being impressive, but um, it was a long yeah. time ago. It now. was a long time ago. Also, I, Palmer was legitimately good. Yeah, he was. Um, and he played for, bad teams and then he forced his way out and played for a slightly better team and was okay yeah. also we're ignoring um drafted before brett Favre, todd marinovich uh, also <laughs> also a different thing altogether there yeah a lot going uh, there. but also um this is the same thing that people said about tedford until yeah. aaron Rodgers came. this out. is right. totally That's a tedford a thing point. yep absolutely 100 percent. all um, the tedford also, quarterbacks um, are bad uh uh goff was a tedford guy wasn't he uh, he was the last decent one. Trent Dilfer, um, uh, Achilles Smith, um, another Oregon guy. Shoot. Um, oh, uh, Joe Flacco, the worst one. Not Joe Flacco. <laughs> Joe Flacco. Not Joe Flacco. Not Joe Flacco. The other, the other Raven quarterback. Um, the one who threw it through the uprights from his knees. Um, what the hell is that guy's name? Ah, damn it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I know Jamarcus Russell did that, but he didn't play for the Ravens. Uh. Well, not, we're not ending the podcast till I look this up. Or no, no, yeah, up. you look okay. that up. You look that up. I'm going to read the last question, and I'm going to I'm going to stall here, and I'm going to go slow so you can look it up, and we can get this answer. Jack McQuack is the last the uh, last Twitter question of Everybody's the night. Screaming his, in their car right now because they all know the read answer. His, read his at. There. Oh, his at is Matthew Keating. Keating. <laughs> <laughs> I always make sure to to make that distinction. There is no reason to choose Carlson over Cade York, right? Assuming the Packers could sign him. 79% versus 29% at 50-plus in college. Well, you see, uh, Cade York, while he may be related to the CEO of the 49ers, is <laughs> not related to one of the greatest kickers of all time. Buy me some time. I'm almost there. Kyle Bowler. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> Kyle Bowler? <laughs> Kyle Bowler. You could have given me 150 guesses. Name the quarterback who threw it through the uprights from his knees. I would not have said Kyle Bowler. Yeah, he could throw it 70 yards from his knees. That would like. Yeah, I do remember hit arm strength. Now that we think about yep. it, I just, Tedford uh, quarterback drafted 19th overall in the first round by the Ravens, despite completing under 50 percent of his passes in college. That's astounding. Yes. How is that possible? Because he threw <laughs> threw the ball through the uprights from his knees from half field. <laughs> Didn't Jeff George, he was similar numbers, right? He was like 50% in college. And yeah, no. that was a different era then. So. First overall pick, wasn't he, Jeff George? Yeah, he was. Yes, he was. But he's he was also 80-arm like, guy. All, yeah. all arm, no touch. Hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, so 
I think you stick with Carlson over Cade York just out of momentum. I, I, That's what the. I think they, I'm saying they, from the team. They the clearly team. like him as a prospect, like leg strength wise, development wise. So, um, I I think yes, that like they're gonna be set with their guy. They've seen him play well in games, and uh, I mean purely rationally, maybe. But do keep in mind, Cade York got cut too. So, um, there there may be other. Well, he mental... was cut because they trade they traded for an established guy. No, for, they traded for, for an established Hopkins. guy so they could cut Cade York. Okay, fair enough. For Dustin Hopkins, not related to Dustin Hoffman, since we're making all these ridiculous connections. Yes. At least I'm picking names that are the same. <laughs> or DeAndre Hopkins. <laughs> there you go. You're, you're over here making homonyms. That's true. <laughs> That's true. All right. Uh, we, don't, uh, we don't have anything else. That's it. Yeah, we're we, done. we have a Packer season. I don't even know if we're doing the podcast next week. Are we going to do this uh, one more time? I don't know what we'll talk about. We should about. talk about the Bears. It's, oh, that's true. It's fun to talk about the Bears. So let's, is let's do that. Probably what this podcast does best. It is. And before rent free. <laughs> I mean, we're beating the Cubs right now. We can talk about the Bears next week. That's and then, true. And then we can talk about the Bears again the week after if we beat them, which I mean, we'll talk about no matter what. But um, hopefully we win. It is miserable for me if we lose to the Bears. So I'm really counting on this one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if, we, if we lose to the Bears, I'm never going to hear the end of it. Nope. From- like literally anyone. Well, I live here, so <laughs> I, I get it in person. Um, all right. Before we go, JR, do you have anything good to plug? I know you have the enemies, so. Uh, yeah. Uh, Tuesday, Tuesday's a busy day because of cutdown. Uh, I know my colleague Tom Silverstein will be running the live blog all day. It's one of, honestly, it's one of the biggest Packer stories we have all year is the live blog with cutdown day and, you know, the, the free agent signings that sometimes roll in because other teams have, have cut guys. So. There's uh, there's definitely a lot to to follow at JS Online and PackersNews.com. For myself, I'll probably be looking around to see who which Packers ex Packers made it onto rosters. Badgers made it onto rosters, you know, like the Pittsburgh Steelers, for example, have about like, Team 75. Badger man. Holy cow! Yeah, yeah. Herbig, great yeah. preseason. Oh yeah, Herbig was awesome. I mean, Isaiah Laudermilk is already there. T.J. Watt obviously is already there. Uh, who am I missing? The, I mean, Nick Herbig's brother is there. Nate Herbig, who's not a Badger, <laughs> but but there's there's. Oh man, I'm killing myself because one more that I'm definitely forgetting. But uh, um, Keanu Ben is he there too? So it's just I think Tomlin I had think a quote. We obviously we like doing business with the Wisconsin Badgers, which I which or obviously we like doing business with Wisconsin, which I greatly enjoyed. Uh, I'll be doing the live blog. Speaking of Wisconsin, from the from the game Saturday against Buffalo at Camp Randall Stadium, that is uh, a very high profile game. Uh, given the opponent, it's about as high profile as it can be with the start of the Luke Fickle era in uh, in Wisconsin Badgers football. I know a lot of people will be watching. They should definitely follow along with me as I uh, hammer out the live updates. And uh, we should have a little bit of fun. It's going to be a really good time. I think uh, I think it's going to be a really fun day on Saturday. And that's it. You know, following the Brewers, whatever whatever pops up, that's me. Sweet. Matt, how about you? I don't make content. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Some, I, it might happen I'm, I'm actually... Um, I'm thinking this, this year I might, my, my kids are now old enough to be left to their own devices for half an hour at a time. So maybe this is the year I bring back hottest take of the week. That would be lovely. You should totally do that. I know. We'll see. Time is hard. Um, After I get a new microphone, because come on, man. I will have a season preview up at the windy in there. Yeah. (laughs) I will have a season preview up at the Shepherd Express tomorrow and, uh, I will have a bears preview up sometime next week. 
And I have something else that I will not pitch yet because I'm not sure I'm going to finish it. But if I do, it'll be awesome. So um, that'll do it for us. Uh, <laughs> college football starts this week. Pros next week. It's uh, a good time. George Webb. Yes, George Webb. We may we, we may all be getting free burgers by then. Uh, God willing. And hopefully that happens. But uh, we will be back next week to preview the Bears. Enjoy college opening. Day. Oh,